podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, beloved listener, to the Anfield Index podcast, which is brought to you this week in partnership with LibertyShield.com, the perfect VPN companion for all your football viewing, where you can get 25% off everything using the coupon code AIVPN. It is episode 260, and I am Trev Denny. I'm talking to you as ever from my field in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm joined by Carl Kopak, by Cam Branch, and producer Guy Drinkle. And I want to kick you off this week. I had something very heavy uh, because I've been doing a lot of reading all week and research for a project that I'm sort of working on, as well as all my other projects, um, and it's to do with war. Um, it's quite heavy, but I thought it would have been good, and at the same time, probably just a little bit jarring at the start of a show like this where people are sort of in a good mood and so they should be and not really fitting with the whole winter break theme. So I came across something else during the week instead that I was just thinking about and went off to have a little read of and I'm going to read you a little piece from it now today in the hope that you'll go off and read it yourselves. I'll read you the introduction and maybe you'll be curious and have a go off it. It's one of the best pieces of journalism I've ever come across and fated as such um, by all and sundry. It's called Frank Sinatra Has a Cold and it's written by Gay Talese. Um, Basically, in the winter of 65, uh, Mr. Talese, who you might know from his recent Netflix documentary, Voyeur, I think it was called, uh, based on his Voyeur's Motel article. Anyway, um, he was sent off to profile Frank Sinatra, uh, who was fast approaching 50. He was very under the weather, very out of sorts and unwilling to be interviewed. So Talese hangs around and sort of observes and gets a remarkable insight into the man by watching from afar. And I'm going to read you the introduction to this piece now called Frank Sinatra Has a Cold. Frank Sinatra, holding a glass of bourbon in one hand and a cigarette in the other, stood in a dark corner of the bar between two attractive but fading blondes, who sat waiting for him to say something. But he said nothing. He had been silent during much of the evening, except now in this private club in Beverly Hills, he seemed even more distant, staring out through the smoke and the semi-darkness into a large room, beyond the bar where dozens of young couples sat huddled around small tables or twisted in the corner of the floor to the clamorous clang of folk rock music blaring from the stereo. The two blondes knew, as did Sinatra's four male friends who stood nearby, that it was a bad idea to force conversation upon him when he was in this mood of sullen silence, a mood that had been uncommon during the first week of November, a month before his 50th birthday. Sinatra had been working in a film that he now disliked. He could not wait to finish. He was tired of all the publicity attached to his dating the 20-year-old Mia Farrow, who was not in sight tonight. He was angry that a CBS television documentary of his life to be shown in two weeks was reportedly prying into his privacy, even speculating on his possible relationship with mafia leaders. He was worried about his starring role in an hour-long NBC show entitled Sinatra, A Man and His Music, which would require that he sing 18 songs with a voice 
that at this particular moment, just a few nights before the taping was to begin, was weak and sore and uncertain. Sinatra was ill. He was the victim of an ailment so common that most people would consider it trivial, but when it gets to Sinatra, it can plunge him into a state of anguish, deep depression, panic, even rage. Frank Sinatra had a cold. It goes on. It gets even better. Give it a go. Now, we have Carl Kopak, who has a cold. And I thought, wow, what a coincidence that I'd chosen that because poor Carl here is laboring under a bit of a seasonal dose. How are you doing, man? I'm sullen and silent. Are you? Yeah, I too. I'm sullen, sullen and silent. Are you uh, nestled between two fading blondes as you approach 50? I'm going to need to check. <laughs> no. <laughs> I genuinely looked around as well when I did that. <laughs> and I, th- I think that's the... Lauren uh, Hope? Pretty much. Well, actually, not another way I feel at the moment. Um, and as for the approaching 50 bit, I think that ship has long since sailed. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that was a bust, but at least you got a cold. That's the connector. Uh, and, I can, and I can still sing as well as Sinatra. Allow me to demonstrate. <laughs> let's, 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 let's not do that. No, it's annoying because it's, it's, I've got a really, really busy weekend at work. I mean, there's something that's been planned for ages. So I'm working Friday, Saturday. And, uh, yeah, just absolute typical timing. Well, fingers crossed you'll shrug it off before then. Who knows? I'm hoping um, it's just what, one of those things that you need to sleep. You know, you need you just need a really good sleep and you feel all right when you wake up. I'm hoping it's one of those. Can I tell you? Can I tell you a little secret? And you, of course, you and Branch, with your stereotypical borderline racism assessments of me, will probably just uh, tut. But can I tell you a thing that works immensely well for whenever I get? I don't get sick, right? If I get whatever I get, it's like big. It could kill you, right? So. When I get sick, I go, fuck off. I'm not having that. And I go straight for three or four hot whiskeys. I swear to Christ, it works brilliantly. Not drinking, mate. Honestly, it works brilliantly. Not drinking. Oh, shit. No, you're not enabling me. Not drinking uh, this year. Are you does serious? Work, does that work with the coronavirus? Uh... <laughs> Was that, that a booze joke, Cam? That, was that, that a bad yeah, booze joke that you just made? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, no. I guess it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it you that sent us that video of the girl pouring all the corona down the sink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, what have you got for us to start with, Carl? I thought I'd go with a bit of levity. I've done, I've done the, the, a, a, a quote from this thing before, but I just like this quote. I saw this movie about a bus that had that had to speed around the city, keeping its speed over 50. And if its speed dropped, it would explode. I think it was called The Bus That Couldn't Slow Down. <laughs> oh, God. You just made me feel bad now again. I already felt, felt bad because I saw John Rain was saying that the new Inside Number 9 is fantastic. And I've missed it, and I don't have freaking BBC iPlayer here in rural Ireland, so I'm stuck. I'm going to miss that now until it comes out on Netflix. But you better tell people what that was from. That's the great Homer J. Simpson. It is the great Homer J. Uh, I, I went through just a big list of, uh, of Homer quotes, because they just always cheer me up. And uh, there's just, just so many great ones. There's the... Um, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> there's one uh i know this is hypocritical and i know don't, i don't really but he's in like really really bad trouble and he says uh, i know this is really hypocritical and i know i shouldn't be doing this but i know i don't normally believe in you but please save me superman <laughs> absolutely fantastic one of my favorites i have to say i i i saw about four back to back from one of the really good seasons when the writing was just absolutely fantastic yeah and man alive it's so different um there's a modern comedy it's not comparable at all um called modern family um and they do have wonderful writers but then they stopped having wonderful writers and the fall off is so pronounced that i can't even last five minutes of that show now whereas i used to be able to watch it because it was kind of pow 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 one hit after the other but when the simpsons was good it was jesus it was untouchable i have to say it did fall off a cliff though and they seemed to keep people of quality in the writer's room but not the same quality yeah people like al Jean. i mean you know just just uh uh, Conan O'Brien, people like that. I mean, I've, I'm just looking at some now, and um, um, there's one where he's talking about a Bible, which he's bought off. Um, Flanders is going bankrupt, and he, he buys a Bible, and he says something like, "Off oh, Flanders," he said, "Well, it's so much about this uh, this so-called Bible that I bought from Flanders for seven cents." I love the fact it was seven cents. Uh, <laughs> and he goes, "And talk about a preachy book. Everyone's <laughs> a sinner." And then he just very quietly says, "Except this guy." <laughs> oh look at him discovering the point of the bible right in front of us absolutely it's fantastic. fantastic uh cam branch you've been uh joining in Sorry, there well, well, you'll have Mar- to speak up i'm wearing a towel it's another thing <laughs> <laughs> sorry cam it's all right <laughs> on track what you're saying sorry i was just wondering what you've got for us to get started um i've got a little quote but i want to do my finishing quote as well, and then I won't have anything to finish with. So I just think my finishing quote is quite funny. Do you, yeah, do both, because I've actually yeah. got a question for both of you to finish with. So. Okay, cool. All right, the first quote. They appear to have become so attached to their outrage that they are even more outraged that they won't be able to, that they won't be able to be outraged anymore. Oh, well, we can see the relevance of that what, one. What, what could you mean? <laughs> well, I'm sure we can expand on that shortly. My second one, I don't know why, but this just tickled me. Without pain, how could we know joy? This is an old, this is an old argument in the field of thinking about suffering and its stupidity and lack of sophistication. Could be plumbed for centuries, but suffice to say that the existence of broccoli does not in any way Affect the taste of chocolate. <laughs> Christ alive. What's that from? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just John Green <laughs> wrote it. And I just thought that is just so fucking brilliant. It's, 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 uh, the, the, uh, the, the direct association between pleasure and pain and broccoli and chocolate is not lost on most people, I think. Uh, are you, are, are, are you, you're a broccoli man though, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I like broccoli. I'm, I'm not having anyone say a bad word about broccoli. I, I was going. I was just going to say we, we got to be careful around Copac with his broccoli. Mm. You know? No, broccoli yes. is a is an essential ingredient in sarg. People don't. Yes, that. absolutely. Yeah, I've I've only ever tasted that once, and it was wonderful. So, um... no, you need to come round and get mummy branch to make it. Oh yeah. Well, if that's she makes it the best. She spent two days on it. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. I should start the day before. One time. This is this is broccoli. This is sag related now. Yeah. We used to live in a in a lovely little town called Loughborough. Um, and in the seventies, uh, mum was making sag, and um, you know she had the windows open in the kitchen. Next thing you know, we got uh, the gas board outside searching for a gas leak. What was that all about? The smell of the spinach and the broccoli and the Brussels sprouts that she was using to make sarg. It, it does give off like a, a gassy odour. Somebody found the gas board saying there was a gas leak. Well, now, I've heard about cabbage, and I know the smell of cabbage can really upset some people and has that sort of unpleasant, especially if it's a bit stale. But I didn't – really? That's yeah, – so, yeah. like, it's actually an unpleasant smell as, as it's cooking, is it? Can be sometimes, yeah, it can be. Right, okay. So, so, so basically, so, so, so sag is the spinach, the the green elements of yeah. sagalu, for example. Sagalu, yeah. So sag yeah. is the is all the green. Alu is the potato. Yeah. Uh, we had, I had a friend called Alu. No idea why, but Spons. his name was Alu. Spons. His real name was Mohammed, but we call him Alu. I think he had okay. a bit of a potato. But there you go. Mm, I went to school with a guy called Alo. But uh, that was short for Aloysius, which is quite the um, quite the moniker. Wow! Yeah, honestly, honestly, that is, Aloysius. That's stunning. Yeah. yeah, I like that. It's 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 pretty impressive. Um, I I also worked on a building site with a guy called Cosy, and I wondered what his full name was. And one day he told me his full name was Cosmos. Wow. Yeah, you know I mean you just wow. You do, you do wonder what's going through people's minds. And I, to be fair, Cosy worked for him and he didn't have to worry about it. But yeah, when I found out... People, his this name, show is free. Uh, like, I, 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 it worked so well because he's got this really Irish second name, right? So like his full name, Cosmos McGinty. That's just tremendous. I don't think that's ever going to be beaten as a it's name. It's not a Beckett character. <laughs> he sounds like it, something it, straight. It, it just sounds like it should be. Straight out of it, yeah. But McGinty. Just, it's amazing, that's, right? That's nice. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I spent, that, I spent that, a summer. That shows the parents actually thought about it. They certainly did think about it. Uh, it's not like he's from a long line of cosmoses, you would imagine. And it also um, means we've got a title for the show. We do. I, I, I was just thinking. I was just thinking. Like he's the he was around the same age as me, which means maybe was it something to do with. When did New York Cosmos become really big? When did Pele go to them? Was it just about seventy-seven or something? Oh, was it that late? Yeah, yeah okay. it's quite late. Yeah, it's late seventy. Okay, right. So that that there goes that theory. So I don't know. They were obviously just uh, astronomical. Well, unless, unless parents like Sorry, how old are you? That's very true. Yeah. Hey. How old are you this week, Trev? Oh, I uh, fucking knows. Who knows? I I, I, I honestly. It's a bad week when even you don't know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've lost track. Sorry, are you, are you BC or AD? Oh, uh, again, I'd love to I'd love to narrow it down for you, pal, but I can't. Anyway, you know time is a construct. Um, and uh, means Time's not, not real. It's not real, man. It's not real. I love, I love that thing. There's, there's, I know you're keen to get on, Trevor, but there's, I love that thing. There's a, there's a clip of um, Russell Brand on one of the, you know, the Tim Lovejoy cookie program, whatever that is. And, yeah. uh, and Tim Lovejoy's interviewing, and, so, and Tim, Tim Lovejoy says, uh, uh, right, we're running out of time, and, and, and Russell Brand's just drinking coffee, and he doesn't even look up, he says, um, if you can't run out of time, it's all around us. 
Yeah. It, never, it never ends. I mean, what is it? We don't even know, do we? And just like the look on throat and love you going, fucks. It couldn't happen to a night. It couldn't. Yeah. You could not stump a, a, a more a, a nicer a nicer guy. Uh, I mean, I do like that amiable uh, scouser uh, chef that does the show with him. But the way Lovejoy's been rehabilitated as some sort of a daytime TV, I'm not having it. I'm just not having it. He's just he's almost as useless. He is actually just useless. Never, never trust a man who supports two Premier League clubs. No, exactly, exactly. We did. I always, I always enjoyed him on a soccer AM. Did you, man? Yeah, I did. I, I thought he, I thought him and um, what was it Helen Chamberlain at the time? Yeah. Yeah, I thought them two worked really well, and then as I soon think- as he left soccer AM, I felt soccer AM just went downhill. I don't know. I, I think the whole thing worked as an idea for a couple of years and then just it became forced banter and I couldn't watch it anymore, even when he was doing it. So I've seen, I, God, I saw it recently. Oh my God, it's horrendous. I haven't yeah. watched it for about five years now. Oh, it's truly horrendous. The forced bants are just, oh God. Seriously, yeah, yeah, give it away. Is Jimmy Bullard on it now? Jimmy Bullard's on it. Bull- now, is there, is there, any more proper example of force bands, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's grim. Absolutely grim. Cam, mm-hmm. Love Island sounds like it's getting very exciting there. Uh, let me tell you what's going on. Um, Dude, give us a, give us a, I was going to say blow by blow, Cam, but you better not do that. Uh, no, the, there's four lasses sat on a, on a corner couch. I could have uh, told you that. I'd have guessed that. And t- they're drinking something. One of them, one of them's got a, well, they've got like pink wine glasses. Mm. Um, there's. It's all go there. And then there's, there's the guys are sat somewhere else. And I think they're watching them from afar and listening. And do the and lads just, have, do the lads have shorts and no tops? Um, no, they're all clothed. Bloody hell, clothed. that's unusual, right? I have no idea. It's the first yeah, time I've ever. I can't believe I'm missing this. First time I've actually ever watched a, a screen with this program on. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen. It. We, we, we've all discovered that we've never actually seen a Love Island. I have seen a Geordie Shore. I may have seen five in a row, but yeah. I've never, I've never seen Love Island. Oh, the girls uh, have got up now. They're, wa- they're walking somewhere. I don't know where they're gone. Yeah, I think are you're. They get, pre- are they getting rolling pins? <laughs> yeah, I think you've pretty much proved that uh, we've made a wise decision not to watch this. Let's get on to the football. I'll and yes, one final thing. I'm just going to leave it without any further comments. I've met someone from Love Island. Thank you. Karen. Well in, well in, two footed, right there at the end. Very, very, very attractive woman. Have to say. <laughs> that tends Isn't to that generally the idea? That tends to. Well, happen. I've never seen it, so I wouldn't know. But all um, oh, right, okay. I was making an assumption. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. I think we're all protesting too much. Uh, at least I admitted to my Geordie Shore watching. Uh, football. Let's talk about a little bit of football. Let's talk about the FA Cup briefly because, um, I, again, uh, start off, Cam, did you get to see it on a, on a stream of any sort? Um, I listened to the first half on the radio because I was driving. Got home at nine o'clock and yeah, I watched the second half on a BN Sports One HD. Uh, and then my Arabic commentary disappeared for about 10 minutes and then just suddenly reappeared. Same, exactly the same experience, except I got to see all the first half with, with our Arabic chum and he was fan bloody tastic. Yeah. Uh, and it was a lovely, lovely clear picture on my, on my iPhone as I was, uh, tippy tappy in a way doing some other work. Um, Carl, what about you? Did you get to see the game itself? 
not I saw the goal, that's it. You saw the goal and that's it. Yeah. I just want to talk about a few things around the game. Just take it from us that the the baby reds were tremendous uh, in terms of ball retention, um, some inventiveness, very solid defensively. We heard uh, poor old, um, what's his name, uh, Ricketts having a cry afterwards about how they couldn't really match our physicality, which I found hilarious. Um mm-hmm. So what I wanted to talk about was just a few areas around the whole thing and get your take on the um, outrage and all the rest of it, because it to me, it's just been a glorious, um, if who knows, perhaps possibly fortuitous um, vindication of what Klopp decided to do. And we talked about it at length last week because the team that took the field uh, in the fourth round of the FA Cup was Kelleher, Williams, Hoover, Vandenberg, Lewis. Chirvella, Clarkson, Kane, Elliot, Jones, and Miller. Um, we saw a couple of subs come on. Um, the big news on the bench was this kid, Hardy, who we've signed, who's apparently a bit of a goal machine. They had Gallagher and Dixon Bonner, um, Norris, a couple of others on the bench as well that I, I'm not familiar with. So, um, as Neil Critchley said, it's not even really a proper under-23s team. It was closer to an under-19s team. Yeah. Um, it was a hell of a statement. Uh, can we crow, Carl, a whole lot in vindication as a result of, of the result? Or do we just um, have a little quiet smile and uh, put out a slightly um, improved team against Chelsea? What would your, your take on this be? Well, firstly, there's no such thing as vindication because Liverpool gets to put out the side Liverpool wants to put out, not what the opposition and the media wants. Secondly, the thing about Klopp not being there, why would he be? It's not his team. He's not the manager of that team. So he's not going to go in and start saying, right, Neil, I'll take over this one. I'll bring you and all your lads. It doesn't work like that. He's not the manager. Jimmy Miller, uh, right? Yeah, Jimmy Miller's <laughs> the manager, apparently. Um, <laughs> And for the Chelsea game, I would go a bit. I've just been thinking about this today, actually. Um, I think I would, I would go stronger for the FA Cup for, against Chelsea, just because since we're in the fifth, we might as well win it now. It's one of those things. I'm not asked in the third round, but if we get to the fifth, you think, well, it's only a few games. It'd be quite nice to win the double. Does it go fifth round, quarter final? Yeah, uh, for fifth round, sixth round, semi final. Okay. The sixth round is the semi. Okay. You okay? Sorry, sixth round is the quarter. Sorry. So uh, you're looking at one, two, three games to get to a final, four games to win it. Um, yeah. yeah, so it starts to become a real possibility. I did mention this earlier on, Cam, to to Jan. We, we recorded Malby on the spot at seven. And Jan's take was, have a look around at the teams who are left in the competition and given how dominant we are in the league, and given that the Champions League is but a pipe dream for most, um, it's a real uh, different level of priority for teams like Chelsea and teams like Spurs. And I thought the man's got a point there. Um, they will be probably going all out for it. It'll be a very strong Chelsea team, I'd imagine, will take the field against us. Um Yes and no. Well, for Spurs, definitely it'll be they'll they'll definitely go with their strongest team because they're going to be struggling struggling to get top four. So um, United they will definitely United will will go strong in it. Um, Man City are always going to go strong in it because they have the squad depth. 
Chelsea is an interesting one because they're, they're hovering around third, fourth place in the league. Um, they're through to the next round of the Champions League. Um, I'm not sure who they've got in the next round of the Champions League. Is it Juve? Uh, it, your guy, guess, your guy guess, check that for us. Yeah. <laughs> your guess is as good as mine on that one. So, yeah, that would be an interesting one. The only thing I'm worried about, um, <laughs> guys asking which team, Ch- Chelsea. Um, um, the only thing with the uh, fixtures is, fine, fine. So the only thing with the fixtures is, I've, I've seen stuff on Twitter today, nothing's been confirmed, that the, the possibility is we could be playing the Chelsea game on the Thursday night, and then we've got Bournemouth early Saturday, and then we've got Atletico Madrid on the Tuesday, the following week, or the, or when it, or the Wednesday possibly. And yeah. that's, a, that's three big games, because even Bournemouth is a big game now. Every game in the league is still a big game. Um, so that's three games in like six or seven days that are huge. So I'm, if I was to prioritise anything, it would be the be the league and the Champions League game, and I'd be looking to play a similar team that started against Shrewsbury in the in the first game. And would you Everton in the first game? Would you? Because yeah. here's the thing. Uh, you say similar team. Obviously, we had four drunk lads on the pitch that day. So, obviously, a similar team would be a hell of a lot more effective. But a similar team probably wouldn't include the absolute top-notch likes of Fabinho, would it? Um, you could see Divock making his way in there. You could see Degsy starting again. Milana, Milner, people like that. Shakiri. Uh, I guess Shakiri. Actually, yeah, when you look at it that way, okay. yeah, there's lots. There, there yeah. are lots of lads who could who you could. Know, who, yeah. You could you could play the two young fullbacks. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. could play you'd play Curtis Jones without a doubt. Curtis without Jones a, I, I think Nico Williams more than um, deserves his place in the next round after last night's performance. That, I thought yeah, he was that's excellent. why that's, yeah. So that's why I said the two fullbacks. I, um, I don't know I don't know about the two because LaRucci was injured and he couldn't play last night. I, um, I thought the other fullback on the other side did really well. Ad, Adam Lewis is a, is it could be a, a a real player I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a there's there's a lot of the hope with Adam Lewis, I think, from you know uh, the coaching staff and everyone. But can I just uh, go back to uh, the outrage? Can can we just touch on that, please? Yeah, let's do it. I've got, I've got some I've got some views on this. Um, Shrewsbury obviously uh, are suddenly now coming out, and you know over the last few days, suddenly started crying about money lost and this, that, and the other. Well. For money lost, uh, there were 8,000 Shrewsbury fans at the at Anfield last night. There was a full house um, for the first game. But in the round previously, they didn't fill half their stadium. Where were all the Shrewsbury fans then supporting their local club? Yeah. Yeah? If, um, if we, realistically, if we put out our strongest team because of all this fake outrage in the first game, would Shrewsbury have got a replay? Realistically, well, they shouldn't have got one anyway, should they? Well, they sh- yeah, but then we have, as as Trev pointed out, we had drunk lads on the pitch, so yeah. you know that 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 that's understandable that it, it did go back to a replay. Now going on to the outrage about Klopp not being there and respecting the Premier League wishes, and as Carl Wright rightly pointed out, it wasn't his team. He doesn't manage those. He doesn't manage that team. 
We did not break any rules in what we did last night. It was well within the rules of the competition, what we did. So the fake outrage is exactly that. It's just fake outrage for the sake of being outrageous. Now then, here's a little bit of history for everyone. In Just get it up. In September 2010, Man United were playing Scunthorpe away in the League Cup. The manager at the time of Manchester United decided not to go and manage the team that day. He decided to go and watch David De Gea about a potential signing. Why was there no fake outrage about Sir Alex Ferguson or whatever you want to call well, that, him? That's the big thing. No one's outraged at all. It's because it's got the word Liverpool attached. I, I said this on Twitter this morning. Yeah. That if you're out, if you're outraged at that, you're going to be absolutely furious by what happens to Liverpool next week. Absolutely furious because something really, really bad's going to happen. And of course, it isn't going to happen, but you'll mm. think of something. Yeah. That, that's how I termed it on Twitter this morning. That, it, you know, it's just because it's got the word mm. Liverpool on it. And to be honest, I don't mind that because I, I get outraged at my Man United and Everton do things or find it funny just because it's got the word Man United and Everton in. And I can live with that. But trying to pass it off as something genuinely logical is just ridiculous. See, it fed into. You, 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 you can't get angry about it. It's just. You know. No, it, and it, it fed into it fed into a very unfortunate sort of little Englander um, sort of you know flag waving saber rattling type thing um, that I'm not going to mention anything we got. Uh, it's just because we got our country back. Yeah, I'm not it, honestly. It, it, I don't even mean that sort of things. I mean, it's, it just it's the same fed it fed into that sort of like, yeah, uh, insular parochial bullshit. Um, you know, g- 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 let's all have a drink of gravy and, 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 you know, eat some jellied eels and have a street party. Like Fuck creams. off. Oh, do you know what I mean? It's just, and not custard creams. it just, it just stank. And it was, uh, Hilarious in some ways. I mean, we saw, we all saw the, 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 the kind of disturbing mental breakdown of a city fan, um, speaking to, uh, I refuse to play it. Speak, I speak to, to, to Robbie Savage. Uh, uh, Carol, can I just say, everybody found that to be tremendously amusing. I, I, I got really struggled to get through it because that kid is clearly not well in the yeah, head. Yeah, I don't like things like that. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's struggling that lad. Uh, and as a result, I just didn't get any great crack out of, of laughing at him. But I, I do put it in the bucket with all the other nonsense. Um, all the idiots who are, who are, 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 um, making their voices heard. But, I, uh, one thing as well, and it brought out the worst in some of ours too. I mean, there were lads pontificating, making points and Jesus, lean into being a bit happy. You know, like it's honest to God. It, it, the first opportunity to have a cry or do a moan or have a complain and lads are all over. I just, I struggle with it. Anyway, Cam, just on a, on a football front last night, we saw those kids and that's what they were led by a kid, Curtis Jones, have 70% of the ball against these, uh, plucky, uh, uh, underdogs in inverted commas, uh, with absolutely dominate possession. Um, in terms of attack, the most obvious metric to go for is the shots. We had 14 attempts to their four. They registered four attempts in the entire match. Shrewsbury, Cumdog and all. And they had zero attempts on target. And we had Sam Ricketts talking about 
the physicality was very difficult for them. Now, I'm sorry, but if they're not going to come and have a proper go, what were they all doing? Having a big cry about the fact they weren't going to make as much money? I thought they were an absolute disgrace uh, every bit as much as I thought our lads were fantastic. It was actually embarrassing at one or two stages how easily we were playing our football around them and playing in that way that the club plays in now. That was the most pleasing thing for me, Cam. It makes you wonder who were the men and who were the boys. 100%. Because the Shrewsbury lot, um, they were, without being overly critically and overly harsh, they were an embarrassment. And they just showed what they were, that they were just not a very good football team. And our technical superiority shone through. In, in all aspects of, of the game, I felt, um, from what I saw of it, um, they, the young lads wanted it more. The young lads, uh, played with a flair. They played with, uh, more passion. Um, they were so much better, um, in their technical ability compared to Shrewsbury. And it, it was a golfing class, an absolute golfing class. And, um, Yes, you, you know, people could say, well, we got lucky it was an own goal. But did you know that the head manager did exactly the same? Yeah, I saw it just an hour ago. I saw it just I, an hour ago. I, I, I posted it. I, That's uh, what, that must be where I saw it. Yeah, and it, it's just it's deja vu for him. It's the, same, it's the same goal, but in the opposite side of the net, isn't it? No, it's, it's literally... Smack! It's exactly the same goal. The keeper was no come rushing I mean, out. It's a, it's a different part of the net, yeah, because he hit it in the top left. And think of it, I think it, Ricketts went in the top right. That was no Ricketts went in the middle. Oh, did it? Okay, and I, I know yeah. what exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it was just glorious, and it's just like that was that for me was the icing on the cake. Now that I saw that, I thought that if anything can really rub salt in the wounds, that would be it. Magical. That's the magic of the FA Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like I, mean, I have to say, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm normally. I do always try to make an effort to say something nice about the opposition, but they just, they just irritated me from beginning to end, and I can't help but sort of amalgamate them with all the other irritating voices that we had to listen to. So honestly, Sodom. I, I found myself yesterday tweeting something along the lines of, "I hope we absolutely kick these in the bollocks," because I was. Just that level of irritated with it. And I was delighted I got to see it in the end. Uh, listen to my, uh, my, um, Arab speaking chum, um, being massively enthusiastic. The way he was pronouncing the names was bloody wonderful. And honestly, if I could, I would listen to him all the time over somebody speaking in English, especially if that person was Martin Tyler. I'd be all over that lad's commentary in future if I can source it. There was just a buzz about it. I can see what's happening. I don't need anyone explaining it to me. It's just someone making enthusiastic noises in the background and occasionally saying names. That'll do for me. It was good. I have to say it was good. Um, is there anything left on the table around the FA Cup that either if you want to mention? I know you're writing stuff, Carl. I know, Cam, you wanted to get that little rant off your chest. Did we leave anything on the table you want to talk about? Not really. I, I'm just, I was just curious. I don't know if you guys uh, know. Why would you be getting less money for this game? Well, they're, they're not. The, the original idea was the fact that people wouldn't go because. So, for example, um, I'm part of the Autoscope uh, Cup scheme, so I had a ticket booking 
couldn't pass it on because no one was interested and um the club get them but they get the money anyway but they, they obviously they reduced the ticket prices as well so it was 15 pound for adults last night ah, right, okay. five five pound yeah. for kids so you know they didn't get oh right yeah yeah we did discuss that last week so. yeah, yeah that, that 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 explained our reduction but we had to endure the the bleeding of Ricketts talking about how it could have been so much more. And really, you know, if we'd put out a proper team, then it would have been so much more. And, you know, we could have done something for generations. We could have had 500,000 instead of the whole, the 170,000 measly amount that we're going to get. So they've obviously done the sums. In fact, all they've given a shit about is the sums. And I assume that money is based on a full house which they're bloody lucky to get, and they wouldn't get it at any other club in the country. Um, but our, our lot turned out. And well, they wouldn't have got it at the Derby last night because Derby uh, had about half the stadium for their replay. They, all, Camp, they wouldn't have got it at any other club in the country yeah. at the moment. It's just because we're flying and the lads, people were curious and the club decided to reduce the price to fill the bloody thing and they're still crying. It's honestly sod them. Oh, God. The, the, the more... I've got a little bit of sympathy for that, though, because you do think, well, at least it's Anfield. At least all these lads get to play in Anfield, and we do make some cash out of it. And if you think along that lines, there's something you're not making that much cash about it. You are going to go a bit, oh. I mean, you're not going to go, you bastards, but you're going to go, bloody hell. That's, that's it. But as, as, as my mate Philippa pointed out, there, there's, a, there's a really good way to make some money, beat Liverpool's kids and play Chelsea. And you didn't. So tough. Well, that was exa- that's that's the whole point, and it, it, they they can't have it every way. They can't do all the crying on all the levels, and you know, like I just quoted you some of those stark statistics from last night, and believe me, that's exactly how the game looked. It was it was a team that got bossed by a lot of children, and yeah, you get what you deserve. The, the, um, the big the big thing for me is in the quantum state of football, Liverpool disrespected by the FA Cup by going through and winning. That's the world we're living in at the moment. We disrespected the cup by winning and going through. Yeah, because that's 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 what we do these days. Which yeah, you've got to love. You've got to love. Um, there are several sort of uh, stupid stories in the press at the moment, um, and I wanted to just bounce one off you because it was again getting on my uh, wick, and I wanted to get your take on it so that I could realise I'm not this mental. Is, this is this is Trev's therapy session. It is, lads. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna lie about it. it is um, I who's saw who's offended you this week, Alan? <laughs> can I just shock you? I just, I just hate the general public. Can, can I just, can I just shock you? Uh, so, 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 um, I was watching the discussions uh, develop about um, Kai Havertz, uh, Timo Werner. Um, Jaden Sancho and Kylian Mbappe. And I was thinking, my God, there's going to be so many sad, sad Reds who fully bought into the fact that we can probably sign Mbappe and they haven't thought it through. <laughs> so many sad Reds who will see at least two of the other three disappear off over the horizon, probably the clubs that you hate. And I've seen many mad, mad Reds during the week talking about, yeah, I've been off Mo Salah. I mean, what's he done recently? <laughs> uh, you know, you need to plan for the future. He's probably getting past it. And the disrespect to Mo Salah in that is unbelievable. I wouldn't mind if it was one random nut job on my timeline, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was the type of conversation that was being had by po-faced adult men, uh, usually uh, the women are far too sensible to have these conversations. 
um, where they're doing their sort of uh, getting their their old ledgers out from where they did uh, business studies uh, at school and sitting down and doing sums and scratching their chins and looking worried. I'm going, what the fuck are you talking about? Have a bit of respect for Mo Salah. The guy has racked up numbers like nobody has ever done before, uh, certainly in a red shirt. He's a phenomenon. You've got to just sit back and enjoy him while we have him and hope to Christ he doesn't go anywhere because this guy is next level. I have no problem with planning for the future, Cam, but I do have a problem with lads dismissing one of the finest talents to ever put on a red shirt in in one of the best teams to ever represent the club um, because they want to start playing football manager and get their next shiny toy in. It's just an embarrassment, isn't it? Totally. We have a world-class player and people want him gone. I mean, what, what's their thinking? Yeah, Mbappe, we know he's a wonderful player, he's a brilliant player, but the money that's involved in taking on Mbappe, it's ridiculous. It, it, I just don't see that ever happening because as much as I would like it to sign Mbappe and keep Mo Salah as well before anybody says I'm agreeing with what the numpties are saying out there, it would upset the apple cart so much with the wages that would have to be paid for him. Now, the idea of the, the way the club operates is they will be looking for the next Mbappe, not buy a Mbappe. That's what we've done with all the players that we signed. Yes, we signed Alison Becker, we signed Virgil van Dijk, but we had to for, for obvious reasons. We had to. We don't have to sign Mbappe. It's not yeah, too late, Carl. It's not too late. You can still make that list that Cam's talking about. You can still be the next big signing for Liverpool. <laughs> if, I just got down, if I just got down to gym a bit more often, put in a bit of a shift on Sunday League. You've got to start playing Sunday League first. I've got, I've got to start playing football. That should oh. be a start. Honest, honestly, Carl, I mean, what I'm going to say is I don't doubt the famed uh, strength through the shoulders of the, the Kalpak physique, but I would say you've got to work on your head strength and neck strength, if that video you sent us is anything to go by. What, you mean the one when I was kicked in the ribs by a black belt and didn't move? She's rattled you there, pal. She's <laughs> a black belt, for God's sake! <laughs> Just to explain that, I sent a video to the lads of, um, we have one of our graders, one of our students who's now a black belt, is kicking a pad which I'm holding perfectly, I might add, in L stance, in Nunyasoji, and, um, and I don't shake at all. Just take the kick perfectly well. I've got one phrase for you, and uh, JFK fans will recognise it. Back and to the left. Back. Do you know what? Right. To the I'm, left. I'm, I'm going to bring her over to Ireland, and you're going to hold a pad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? I, I I will disappear halfway across the famous field and land in my hoop in the ditch. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not pretending that I would stand up to a black belt kicking me in any way, shape, or form. That's, especially that's one of the bad, bad things about being a black belt is that you've got to hold a pad for the other black belts and they bloody hurt. Yeah. Can I ask you about the time I was kicked by a black belt? Please do, because you never got to finish that story. No. So uh, I, like young uh, Carl, um, I I too have a. Uh, uh, being a, a martial artist, and uh, I used to do taekwondo as well. We we're talking in the yeah, we discussed it, didn't we? Discussing yeah, house, yeah, 
yeah, late eighties, early nineties, I used to do uh, my taekwondo, and one day I was sparring with a light heavyweight world champion, Mark Weir. Now, some of you may have heard of Mark Weir. He did try and get into the MMA scene in the UK, and I believe he's got the record for the fastest knockout. So that gives you an idea of the, the level of person I was uh, sparring with. So Mark was the type of guy who could just bounce around for three minutes on one leg, flashing out sidekicks like, so they, you know, they were going out of fashion. So we're, we're sparring, and the next thing, this sidekick comes up, bang, bridge of the nose. And I literally stumble back two, three yards. There's a wall behind me, hit the wall. Mark comes, Cammy, Cammy, you okay? You okay? Yeah, Mark, yeah. Eyes stinging, water coming out, you know, blurred vision. Uh, and it got me right on the bridge of the nose. And he goes, Cammy, Cammy, the main thing is, did you see it coming? Yeah, Mark, when it was like one inch away from my face. He was that fast with the kick. Yeah, one of, one of our instructors is like this. He, he does the same thing. He does, he's, sorry, welcome to Taekwondo Index. Um, he does a, uh, this sidekick thing. And uh, the last time I fought him, he said to me, this is supposed to be a confidence. And I'll tell you what, Carl, you can take a hit. Well, I've got a <laughs> bloody choice, have I? Because <laughs> 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 I can't get near you. Yeah. Yeah. I've got no martial arts stories to tell you, oh, lads. Except... God, such a letdown. You, you uh, yeah, except, I would say, I would say that uh, <clears throat> I can't take. I'm not. I can't take. I'm not saying I can take a hit because, thankfully, I've only ever been in about four fights, all of which were successful. But I would say <laughs> unbeaten Trev Downey. <laughs> unbeaten Trev Downey. <laughs> it sounds like a quiz. <laughs> one of them was when I was eleven. So let's not count that first one, okay? But um, I would say, I would say. What I did take great pleasure in was one of the few things I could emulate that my all-time hero, Kenny Dalglish, could do was stick out my arse and hold a low center of gravity and retain possession. And lads used to kick away at my ankles, but I had my Kenny Dalglish shin pads with ankle guards on. No fucker could knock me over. It was wonderful. That was the one good thing that I could always do is play up number nine, hold it up, lay it off, and some other prick could score, which is a bit upsetting. But anyway. Down twenty. <laughs> <laughs> vote early, vote often. Um, it's, not, it's not too late. It's not too late. I have one last football-related story before we finish off uh, all together. And uh, oh, the, sorry, can I can I say very quickly, if you don't like Mo Salah, um, you're a prick. Cheers. Uh, I was at Southampton <laughs> on Saturday, and he was absolutely outstanding. What's the fucking game? Stop playing with your fucking ledgers. He's a, he's an astonishing player. Showed a man some respect. Yes, he's greedy, and that's why he's got eight billion goals for Liverpool. It's called that's, football. That, that's a huge part of the reason why he's so good. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, he's got an atypically large ego, but he's also a lovely guy with it. And even if he was a prick, you should. He's still also be got with. the most assists for us this season. Yeah, and, and he does. He's got, and, and tremendous, tremendous mop. Um, I saw some stat recently, by the way, speaking of assists, Bobby Firmino's got 50-something in 250 games assists, which is quite ridiculous, right? Anyway, uh, last football-related, and it's just about football-related, is um, apparently, for all you people who are obsessed with kits, um, our friends um, have insisted um, via their... 
chief of production, I think, a lady called Heidi Burgett. Like senior director, she has said the following. We're ditching the templates because everyone's worried we're going to look generic. For 2020 kits, says Heidi, Nike designers have 65 chassis options available to them across varying necklines, sleeves, cuffs, badge placements, etc. From hand-drawn prints to custom fonts, each team's look will be its own. I don't know about you. That sounds delightful to me. Um... Of course, it's no guarantee the kids will be even slightly like <laughs> everyone will probably just hate them. <laughs> but anyway, at least well, they're, they're not going to say we might just do a shite one to start off with. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like Warrior did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so woeful. Oh, man. Anyway, I just thought uh, some people love all that stuff. So I thought I'd share that with them because I know there's no point in looking for comments from you two about kits. Make um, it red. Have a big yellow flag badge on it with LSC. Keep the sponsor's logo as low as possible. And as, as small they're as possible. They're rules. Yeah, they're the rules I want. The, they are the rules. They're the only rules. Uh, let's start wrapping this up then as we come close to the hour. Uh, anything that either of you want to mention football-wise before we move away from it at the end here? Seeing as we have a little bit of a week off, we can uh, save some subjects for next week. But is there anything that you uh, want, either if you want to mention uh, Reds related before we move to the end? Can I talk about the the notion of a devalued league? Oh, and yeah. I love you. About, it, about it's the poorest one. I, I wrote about it today. Um, I read that. It's just gone lovely. You're the one. Um, that's gone down quite well. <laughs> I'm quite surprised at that. Um, and it's just about the idea that um, Liverpool are only going to win this league by a mile because um, everyone else is crap. And, you know, the Chelsea, sorry, Arsenal are at their lowest in ages, United are at their lowest in ages, and that sort of thing. Um, Man United won the league in, uh, I want to say, 97 with 75 points or something like that. No one complained then. No one complained that when um, Man City have got 198 points in two seasons, which is phenomenal. But the big thing for me about this, Trev, is Manchester City can still get 90 points. Liverpool have yeah. got 90 points twice in our entire history. One mm-hmm. was last year, one was 1988, where admittedly, even then, we knocked off for the last two home games and had two draws, otherwise it would be four points more. Um, if, it's a devalued, if it's a devalued league, what the hell are Man City doing on 90 points? The difference is Liverpool have moved up. That's the whole thing. Liverpool, Manchester City set the bar Liverpool have excelled it. And we may have a perfect minus two point season, we don't know. But just just and the thing I wrote about in my piece more about anything else is the reason this this is a big thing, and I am guilty of it as everyone else. If if people if it's a rival, as I said, people will find a reason to devalue that. And I've got no problem. And I mentioned Richard Keyes saying at the San Siro when we just beaten into Milan to the Italian champions home and away. And he showed the away ends all going nuts. And he said, yeah, but they want the league, don't they? No, you've got to devalue that. And I'm at the age now where I'm actually I'm actually starting to watch a lot of Man United games under Ferguson without, you know, wanting to stab the TV. Um, I don't mind it when the fans do that. But can the journalists just have, like, fucking journalists want and just appreciate what you're watching, what Liverpool do? And it's not as if we're battering everyone week in, week out. I mean, if we win in every game 9-0, you think, yeah, do you know what? This is like Celtic or Madrid or something like that. Uh, when, say, say Celtic when, when Rangers went down. Um, and it's not that at all. 
it's the fact that Liverpool have got seven games this season, which they could have drawn or lost quite easily. And I know it would have been the piece, Tottenham, Sheffield United away, things like that. Games we've gone behind in Anfield, 1-1 Leicester, and we got through. It's time to appreciate the Liverpool side without your blind agenda. I don't mind if you're a fan, because I've done the same thing. But let's not be silly, shall we? This is incredible what this Liverpool team's doing. Yeah, I, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna jump in there. Even if it does end up being a procession, it's still not comparable to any of those um, teams that you mentioned, like Celtic being a classic example, because it will be our first year doing it, and it will be against a team who had previously um, marched in a procession to a title before being really run poss- close. Poss- possibly the greatest Premier League title ever. We've had to go past them. Yes. There's every argument that they're the best side ever. It's as simple as that. So, so, so to overhaul that, I mean, that just immediately makes the whole thing different. But as you say, um, on, on, on another level, it, it's, it, it's unceasingly odd. It's odd behavior. Um, the reluctance to give credit where it's due because you mentioned it like you don't like them at the time. Myself and and and, uh, and young Malby are always talking about this again. You don't have to like the opposition. You're not going to like the opposition. You're going to have a cob on with the opposition. You're going to have a cry and a moan about the opposition. But when all is said and done and the thing is won, you've got to just say, well, yeah, they're the best team. Yeah. And I just get the feeling that's not going to happen uh, if and when we win. And I'm still not saying when. I'm still saying if because I'm a weirdo. Uh, but... You know, it's. I, th- I think. I, I hope everyone goes and reads that. Is that is that on the Anfield Rap website? Yeah, yes, it's made my column in the Anfield Rap. Yeah. Okay, go and go and have a look at that. Uh, Cam, I, anything to add to that? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. Um, I saw a, a tweet. I'm. Um, and I apologise. I can't remember who originally tweeted. I think it might. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say a name because I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. But the average points for second. Over the years, I think since Premier League's inception, uh, after 24 games, second place was 51 points. Guess what Man City were on after 24 games? Mm-hmm. 51 well, points. 50, 51 points. Yeah. 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 The average for third place was, I think, uh, 48 points. Um, guess what Leicester are on after 24 games? 58 points. Yeah. 48 points. Yeah. And the average for fourth place was 44 points. Chelsea were just a bit below that on 40. So the league and the, and the average for the team at the bottom of the league after 24 games was 17 points. Guess what Norwich are on? 17 points. The league that's is not weaker. That's really good. I yeah. fucking love that stat. That's brilliant. Yeah. The league's not weaker. Liverpool are exceptional. And Carl is exactly right in what he says. Those seven games could quite easily have been completely different results. And the reason that we win those games is, is as Carl says in his piece, you, 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 you match them for physicality, you match them, you know, they match it for skill. But in the end, we, we always found a way. We had that, we had more desire to win that game. We wanted it more. And when you want it more, you've got a good chance of winning it. And, and also, just to add to that, Cam, I, I always come back to this now because it's just fascinating. One line that Klopp said about this, he said, I can't remember what game it was, he said, yeah, it was difficult, but the boys found a way. Not him, the boys found a way on the pitch. They moved around until, you know, they, 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 they found a way. They worked it out. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. 
they, and, to be, they, and to be honest, that's your midfield. Yeah, that's your midfield working it out because that's where you yeah. see everything. <laughs> I love that. I, I have to say, I I I, I noted that as well because it's just typical of the the humility around the place um, and the leaning into one game at a time. I'm just a massive fan of all that. Uh, right, we have. Uh, Maybe a Carl Kopak sign-off idea, quote, comment, plug, something or other. Cam, we know that you've um, sort of already uh, uh, used up your uh, one for the end at the start. So I've got a question for both of you. It's a personal uh, question of a personal and yet not personal nature. Uh, you lads have traveled around um, the um, British Isles a bit. Have either or both of you been to Edinburgh? Yes. Yes. Okay, so I have a simple question for both of you. Um, I will be over there soon for, um, I'd love to say it's pleasant reasons, but it's a little bit of uh, uh, brain tourism. And um, I was wondering if you had any suggestions for a fella who will have limited but some time was in Edinburgh. So I want to, I want a tip from both of you. I put it out to Twitter today. I got some lovely stuff back. Fair play to everybody who responded. I appreciate that immensely. I'm all restauranted and uh creepy walking toured up um any practical suggestions or impractical suggestions from either of you for an edinburgh tourist they'll be over there in about a week and a half yeah stretch, stretch your calf muscles <laughs> yes i seem on, to recall that everything is up and down absolutely yeah everything. yeah i do, i do recall that i was over in 96 and i do recall that uh that those one of the dominant things all right it's a lot of hills yeah okay right that's that's a lovely practical suggestion from young carbike what about you cam what's your edinburgh tip don't stay in the airbnb i did it was haunted <laughs> You can't put that in at the end. <laughs> You've got to tell the story now. Come on, fucker. Tell the story. Oh, wow. Well, uh, we got family in Glasgow. They decided to, we, we did a three day tour while we were up there. So we, the one night um, and day we decided to go to Edinburgh, as you do. Mm. So um, my cousin booked a, an Airbnb in one of these grand houses that had been split up into a couple of apartments. And it was a huge, huge apartment. And, um, so that night, we're, there's about four or five of us in this huge bedroom, about three or four beds in there. And I'm, I'm in like a single bed on my own. Mrs. B is in the bed next to me with one of the kids sleeping with her. And there's someone else in one of the other beds. And I swear, and I can still feel it now, something grabbed my wrist. And I can feel it now, now that I'm talking about it. And it was my left wrist. It was outside of the bed. And I just shat myself. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely shat myself. I froze and I was dying to go for a wee and I wouldn't get out of the bed. And I held that wee all night in agony, <laughs> waiting for the light because there's no way I was getting out of that bed in the dark. And then you got this, you got this. What is it even spookier about all this? Go on. When I said, told Mrs. B that this is what happened last night, she goes, yeah, I felt something as well. Okay. Enjoy yourself there, there Trev. There's a, there's a real problem with this, uh, lads. Cam cannot give me the address, which could actually be the address of my <laughs> b <B&B. laughs> 
For fuck's sake, man, that's shit advice. <laughs> but you said it irrelevant. Oh, God. What if I'm staying there? Tell you what, man. Anything grabs me, I am absolutely going to blitz to be Jesus out of his supernatural ass. I can't. I can't. I wouldn't be able to pull up with that. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Uh, so, so, so Cam will be presenting next week's show. Yeah, Cam, <laughs> Cam and Carl will be, uh, will be uh, taking hosting duties Tep- between now. Yeah, between now and the end of the year. Um, right. Well, that was that ended up being a very, uh, a very uh, useful, uh, entertaining, and then also quite useless sign off by Cam, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, and I do appreciate the stretch the calves tip um, from Carl. Do you have any? Did you have anything you wanted to finish off with, Carl, before we get out of here? Yeah, it's um, it's it's the um, um Downey 2020 year, of course, and um, I've just recorded, uh, and it just got, it went out on Saturday. The new episode of from Adler to Amberley, my Sherlock Holmes podcast, where I was joined by a man called uh, Luke Coons uh, from Kingston, and we discussed the Boscombe Valley mystery. And um, it went really, really well. He was a great guest, and um, we, we had we had a bit of a laugh doing it as well. And it, that, that seems to have gone down really, really well with everybody. And uh, one of the funniest things about it was he's a member of the Sherlock Holmes Society of London, and me and producer John aren't. Um, and during the show, we both signed up while we were doing the podcast. <laughs> so, so, that, so, that, so that was quite nice, which also means I've got some new guests coming up because they, they've all been asking about it. And then I've got fair play to them as well. They've, they've um, publicised the podcast as well, which is really nice. That is that is excellent. And that's exactly so, what you want to be doing. So we will, back, we will be back um, soon with um, uh, The Adventure of the Five Orange Pips, which is the next one in the season, which is amazing. And you've got you've got your guests lined up for that. It's just a matter of getting them on board. Uh, I haven't, but I've got someone. And I, I, I think it's the two after that. The next one after that is the Speckled Band, which is Sherlock's number one. Okay. So in, in in the twenties, Arthur Conan Doyle wrote a list of his top ten ever Sherlock stories that, that he enjoyed the most, and Speckled Band is number one. Excellent. So uh, I think I've got someone special for the Speckled Band one because that's going to be big. Nice. Well, I'm halfway through the um, most recent one with Luke, isn't it? Um, and it's tremendous. Get on it, folks. Get 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 listening to that because there's precious little uh, genuinely uh, entertaining, engaging, and original content out there that's uh, non-footy that I would recommend. That is absolutely amongst them. Um, let's wrap up. Let's get out of here. And on that note, we'll finish this episode of the Anfield Index podcast with me thanking you for your support and asking you to spread the word about our little show and reminding you that with Liberty Shield, you can access free UK TV from anywhere, including BBC iPlayer Match of the Day, uh, plus Sky Go, BT Sport, and all your Reds, Premier League and Champions League live games. I've been Trev Denny. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.